and welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, Ratchet and Wrench's official podcast, helping automotive repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm your host, Paul Hodawanek. I'm the staff writer over at Ratchet and Wrench, and today we continue our Best Workplaces podcast series where we're talking to all our Best Workplace winners. If you haven't read up on our three shop winners yet, please do so. Go to ratchetandwrench.com or pick up your copy of Ratchet and Wrench, which hopefully by the time you listen to this, you have in hand. If not, it should be there any day now. But we have our winner of our small section. We have the small, medium, and large just based on staff sizes. And so our small winner was Quality Automotive Servicing. Uh, And to talk about them and everything that they have going on, I have co-owner Bill Greeno on the podcast with me right now. Bill, how are we doing today? Hi, Paul. Great. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, feeling good. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess maybe a great place to start would just be for you to tell us a little bit about the shop where you're located. Um, Just, you know, give us the credentials a little bit. Let let us know who we're dealing with. Sure. We're, uh, we are quality automotive servicing. We're located in the uh, downtown portion of uh, Truckee, California, a little mountain town that sits at about 5,900 feet uh, of elevation. It snows a lot here. We got uh, we got uh, probably nine feet on the ground now, and it probably snowed thirty feet this season. A lot of skiing around the area, a lot of tourists, uh, a lot of um, mountain culture. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you guys, you and your wife Sheila, who own the the shop, you you weren't always in the repair industry. What were you doing before then? Oh gosh. In which life we, uh, <laughs> we were in the ski industry for a long time. That's how we, that's how we arrived here and, and, uh, ski bums. And, and that's what kept us here raising family and, and whatnot. 13 years ago, we bought a uh, quality automotive and smog and have since built a new building, uh, again, in downtown Truckee. And it's about 6,000 square feet, six bays, uh, hydronically heated, which is really nice up here. And uh, we changed the name, um, rebranded ourselves and and have been cooking along ever since uh, 13 years ago. Well, yeah, there, I mean, we featured you guys for a lot of reasons. And again, check out the um, article if you want to see everything that quality is doing um, to make it a good, good workplace. And we chatted with um, Jamie uh, and she was great uh, telling us everything about uh that's going on at the shop. And one of the things that really struck us is the time and effort you guys put into understanding the strengths of your employees, specifically, you guys do a strengths test for the new people that are coming on or the potential new people that are coming on. And it's a big thing, even after that process. Um, tell me a little bit about how you use that, that strengths finder test and, and what it helps you guys do. Sure. So the Clifton Strengths Finder is is based on the book Now Discover Your Strengths by Marcus Buckingham, and we use that whole that whole theory uh, in an ongoing fashion. It, it begins with the interview process, and and before you even get an interview with us, you will go and complete the Clifton Strengths Finder. The reason for that is twofold. Number one, so we know who we're, who we're talking to. We know what their strengths are and we know how to communicate with people with those strengths. But number two, it really helps us read the tea leaves as to whether or not you're a good fit with our team. 
moving forward from there, we uh, sidebar here, we, we close one day a year on a Monday, uh, either President's Weekend or another holiday, and we do an in-house class for eight hours. Uh, at least twice now, we've met with our, we have a strengths coach, and that's kind of her job. She, she works with Clifton and, and um, Marcus Buckingham with strengths. And so we've been able to not only uh, uh, identify one another's strengths, but understand what it is, um, how, it, how you can be most successful working with someone else with this group of strengths when you have your own individual group of strengths and how to, how to dovetail those together. We tend to be pretty homogenous here. Um, everybody in the shop has achiever except me. <laughs> everybody in the shop has, has achiever. Almost everybody in the shop has responsibility. And those are, those are a couple um, really important ones. I think for us, if there's somebody in the shop that, that doesn't have responsibility or some deep sense of, of owning what they do every day and taking responsibility, they're probably not going to be a good fit. So that, that would be an example of the, of, of contrasting how we, how we look at and decide who we want to work with. And, and then after we decide who we decide how or identify. And, yeah. And it's, it's like displayed in, in the shop to everyone's strengths. If I remember that correctly. Yeah. We have six by six photos of each person. And underneath that we have uh 40, probably 40 point font uh, uh, of their five signature strengths. So it's there for all the customers to see it's, it's a, uh, it's a very, very grand display. <laughs> it's large. <laughs> um, yeah. And just continuing kind of going through some of the stuff that you guys do, uh, Jamie clued us in on like different events that you guys will do, or there'll be Nerf gun wars in the, in the shop, or just even after work, some of the techs will go, go for a ride or just kind of do some of those things outside. Sometimes they're organized by you guys. Sometimes it's just, you know, the employees kind of wanting to do stuff together, you know, first tell us kind of some of the events that you guys have kind of done just with the shop to help, you know, that shop chemistry. And then what benefits have those things had, like for shops that maybe aren't doing stuff like that, like what, how have you seen that kind of bear out for the shop? Sure. We we've done everything you can possibly imagine. I think we, you know, we've done everything from murder mystery, um, excuse me, murder mystery dinners, to escape rooms, river rafting, skeet shooting, uh, uh, rifle shooting, mountain biking, uh, paintball, I, the, the list goes on and on. And <clears throat> we, we do those things a variety of ways. Sometimes we attach them to a meeting. So maybe we'll go out and do the event. Uh, and then in the afternoon or evening, we'll just have a little module, a little uh, segment where we talk about things that are important to us and listen to the things that are important to the staff. It's, it's, I think to, I, I could sum up a lot of what we're probably going to talk about here with, with this. I think most business owners, regardless of the, of the, the profession, don't realize how much power they have been given by their staff. Their staff wants them to be in charge. They want them to make decisions and they want them to 
be all things good. And, and I think a lot of times we second guess ourselves and think, oh, shoot, the guys probably don't want to go or, you know, one person's not going to participate. And we get this, we get this self-judgment and, and it, it makes it difficult for us to execute, to move forward with, with things that you think you might want to do or things that you think you might want your staff to do. I've, I've made so many mistakes doing these things and, and, and I can, I can go into examples of those mistakes and, you know, you, you end up with these blank stares from your staff with just crickets in the background and you go, Oh boy, did I, did I misread that one? And maybe that thing that you were thinking of never happens. It never bears fruit. And that's, and that's okay. Shouldn't freak you out. You just do something else. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that stuck out with you guys. And one of the, one of the phrases I remember you saying in our initial interview um, is you want your employees to stretch you and what you do. And you want the shop to stretch them in places, you know, and to help them get to places and productivity and things that they hadn't really done before. And you want the same thing that you want your employees to challenge you in that way. I'd love for you to just kind of expand on, that and what you kind of look for um, with employees. Sure. I think what we're talking about here is a sense of purpose and without, you know, in, in big, big round statements, your sense of purpose is your vision. It's, it's, it's who you want to be. And a lot of times um, humans, I, I won't say employees or business owners, we go day to day, especially in our industry there's enough fires to keep any shop owner busy every minute of every day, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 20 hours a day. You, you, you pick how many fires do you want to fight? And, <laughs> and if you, and if you don't have enough, God knows as shop people, we can manifest our own fires, go and light them in the corners ourselves, metaphorically speaking, hopefully. And uh, so, so, so the, the stretching that you're speaking of Paul is really me almost indirectly assigning these ideas for them. And maybe it's, we're going river rafting and river rafting is an example of a really great team building thing that you can do. They don't all have to be team building uh, excursions. Certainly paintball is barely a team building excursion. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> shooting each other. Um, but uh, it, it, it gives them, you know, something to look forward to first, which is a short-term goal or, or vision. It then, while they're there, they're being stretched. And this is river rafting. I'm speaking of specifically here, but you, you could talk about anything with this. While they're there, they're learning this new skill or they're learning to trust the person who is their guide, who in this particular case is either myself, Sheila, or one of our technicians who's, who's also a long-time river guide. And so they, they learn to trust us and then we'll, and then maybe we'll take Paul from the back of the boat or the front of the boat and say, Hey, you're, you're the guide now get back here and, and you take the stick and, and we teach that person something new yet again and give them a, 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 again, some purpose, even for that day, for this short term. And, and it just, it just starts to breed a culture of, of looking forward and getting your head up out of your day-to-day -day grind. Um, 
you know, one of the most important things that we do back to the closing once a year is, is this class, the class time, the classroom time. And during that classroom time, I would say you could boil every class we've ever done, which is 13, down to one topic. And that one topic is communication. If you wanted to just, you know, get rid of all the the, the extra stuff, and, and it's not all extra stuff. There's a lot to this. But humans, we constantly say things in a way that that other people don't understand. And we constantly hear things that other people say that they didn't mean, right? It's called miscommunication. And it's because we don't we don't focus on how to communicate successfully with one another often enough. And, and so these things all give us, and that, and that time together, I guess, to finish that thought, that time together um, in the classroom specifically gives us time to really talk about what we want, our goals, uh, where we're headed individually and, and as a team. I want to pick your brain just a second on that, that topic of communication, because I think, you know, most shop owners know, okay, like, I need to communicate with my staff, we need to make sure we have good communication. But in practice, like, what does that look like? Because I bet there's a lot of shops out there that feel like they're communicating at a good rate, but they're probably, you know, they, they don't quite know what that means. So for your shop specifically, what does good communication look like? What things are you harping on to make sure that's, that's a key? Hmm. What does it look like in our shop? So good communication is, is, is communication that, is completely understood by the person who's saying it and the person who's listening or receiving the information. And when you have good communication, generally speaking, the person who is communicating it is checking for understanding to make sure that the other person understood. And, and, and you know, I'm gonna say trust but verify. You trust that the person heard you, you trust that the person was listening, but you verify. And the person who's listening should should have the same respect for the the speaker to verify that they heard what was said and and those things can be done a variety of ways it can be done with me summarizing what you said to me it can be done by me saying what i want to say and then reiterating it in bullet points or in written form and writing it down for you and giving you a synopsis of what we talked about I could also ask you to write it down. I need you to write down a few things for me. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I've got, a, I've got a little laundry list I need uh, taken care of. So those are, those are just a few ways that, that you can not only make sure you've got good communication, but what good communication looks like. Yeah. Um, switching gears just a little bit. Um, obviously co-owned with a Sheila and I know that is a big deal to be, you know, a woman-owned business, especially in this space, and you have other women on staff. Um, talk to me about just having that representation in your shop and the importance of that and um, why that has become, you know, something that you guys are big proponents of. I think it makes us better. I think it makes us better in a lot of ways. I know that me as a single guy, I may have been successful at the things I did, but I wasn't as good as I was with a, with a, um, 
a spouse, a person who, you know, if you will, completes me. And, and hopefully the same is true for her. She's probably doing just fine without me, but, <laughs> um, and I think the same is true in the shop. When you have a shop uh, that's just men, there is a distinctively different culture than uh, with a blended shop. And, and it's, and, and, and avoiding all the things that are whipping through people's minds right now about what an all male shop looks like versus a half female, half male shop, which is what we have. Um, it's, it, you just, you just get better, you know, and, and the things that, that you, the things that are avoided are things that were not contributing to a good culture. They may have been funny and fun, but they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't lifelong objectives that you have to go in every day and swear like a sailor or whatever the thing is. And, and when you, when you add that, that female energy in there, it's really, it's just balances out the, the guys. And, and again, I think it makes us really, really good. And, and I'll, and I'll take it from the other direction too. You know, a, a business that's just, that's full of women, I think, it, you know, is also missing half of their potential um, that where they could, if they did have some male energy in there, it really does complete the, the, the human condition. Sure. Um, I want to pick your brain just on some bigger, actually, no, I want, I want to talk about culture because I remember this was another thing that you brought up when we first chatted and I thought it was kind of a good way to look at it. You said culture is just a spoke in the wheel for us. Like it can't, it's, it's just part of, you know, everything that's wrapped up in owning a business. I don't know um, if that was just something you came up with off the top of your head when we were talking, or if that um, is something you think about a lot, but that point struck me in that, you know, culture is just a spoke. We need the shop to be clean. We need all these other things that make up that wheel. Um, I just would wonder what, what else you think makes up that wheel that, you know, encompasses a good, well-run business. Yeah. Well, it's all the boring stuff, (laughs) 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 you know, yeah, a wheel, a, a wheel with a, with a hub in it. Uh, has to, you know, in, in, in the version with spokes has to have equally balanced spokes all the way around. And, and those spokes are everything from good financial management to, to good hiring practices, uh, good infrastructure, you know, computers, shop, uh, good, good safety practices, good uh, equipment that is also safe and efficient, uh, so on and so on. On and so on. I, I, I could I could go on all day about about all the other things. Culture just happens to be the fun one, and it's the liquid one. You know, you know, equipment's either safe or it's not. Buy new stuff. The the, the building is either safe or and and in good state of repair or it's not. Fix it. Um, culture is the uh, it's kind of the liquid one, and it takes constant attention. For sure. Uh, before I get you out of here, um, just. I will, we'll hit a nuts and bolts thing that people think of when they think of a good workplace, which is just the benefits that you offer. And that was one thing that I remember talking to you guys about and just a couple of different things that you had and some that came up to mind for me recently, because I know you guys um, have an accountant that rents space from you and you have them do the, the taxes of your employees. And that's something I'm doing right now. I'm not enjoying doing my taxes. So that, that came up and I was like, oh man. Um, and then also like 
just some other stuff. So I would love just how you kind of craft benefits to fit what your people want. I remember you talking a lot about, well, we don't want just anything. We want stuff that really, really fits um, our team. Um, so just take me through kind of your mindset there and some of the stuff that you guys have. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I'll start with my failures um, on that um, because I think, I think it's significant. And one of my, you know, original benefits that I wanted to offer for my staff was to um, have them pick a service project, something bigger than themselves that they wanted to do and, and, and then, and then fund it, pay for it. And whether that's, you know, going and providing clean drinking water in, you know, in a third world or, or helping um, homeless uh, on the street right here in Truckee or, you know, whatever that thing is, um, you know, and, and, and that one fell flat. Crickets. It was not, it, it was this big hairy goal of mine and, and this thing that inspired me, but it wasn't meeting the staff where they were. Right. That was, that was me wanting to share my creative vision um, with them. And, and it wasn't their creation. They weren't part of that, the, the, the creative process to get to that place. And so for me to, to go and spring that on them, it created everything from fear to resentment to um, just outright laughs. <laughs> um, another time we, uh, we wanted to, we decided that we would leave it up to each of the individual employees to tell us what they wanted to do with Sheila and I, and, and we would go out and, and, you know, whether it was go to dinner or go to a baseball game, but we wanted to spend some time, especially with them and their families. And, and that just sounded like such a wonderful idea. Crickets, nothing, nobody came to the table wanting to go to dinner after work on their weekend with the boss that just, it's, you know, come on, really? I mean, we thought it was a good idea, but in retrospect, it wasn't. So so we, so we listen to people and that's where we've come up with our best ideas. We, you know, we don't just sit around thinking about things, but we, we listen to them. And, and one of the things that's most important and everybody will resonate with this, the most, the most important, the most valuable thing people have is their time. So, so we, we base our benefits and as we add new benefits or come and think of new benefits, we, we think about time. And so, yes, the, the most recent benefit that we added was uh, the taking care of their taxes. I mean, gosh, that that has got to be the the worst thing that we do once a year. We have to, you know, it's just like dealing with insurance as a business owner. You become an expert once a year. You become really good at it. And then you have 300 and some odd days to, to forget about it, depending upon how many days it took you to get your taxes together. And <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and it's a struggle and it takes time and it takes energy and it, it causes stress and duress. So yeah, that one, that was kind of a no brainer. Um, a number of years ago, I wanted to provide better health insurance. So I, you know, I pulled out all the, all the new health insurance information and started looking at, you know, uh, optical plan, um, uh, dental plans, all the, all the additional stuff. And it's all junk it, to, to me, I, I ran the numbers and, and it costs you just as much to buy, you know, a really expensive pair of glasses as it does after all is said and done when you have insurance, it's, it's a, it's a wash. It doesn't, doesn't pencil out. So, 
So uh, I have a friend that's a chiropractor and I said, you know, we'll just, we will give this benefit. And so our staff has unlimited chiropractic care and they just, they set up their own appointments and go whenever they want. And that works out really well because two things, they're healthy and they're, they're healthier on their days off. They don't hurt um, from this job, which is a tough job, whether you're sitting all day at a computer or whether you're bending over a car, it's rough. And so they, uh, so they have better, better spent time and, and are healthier for it. Um, massage, same thing. Sometimes chiropractic doesn't do it for your body. So we bring a massage therapist in once a month and he does um, 15 to 30 minute sessions per person. And, you know, then we have all your, all your other stuff, you know, your 401k. Um, we, uh, we have a financial planner that comes in once a year and talks to people about paying off their credit cards and being fiscally responsible, which is boring, but important. Um, and, uh, and, and when it's, and when it is, um, when it is valid with some staff members, especially leadership teams, I will offer them life coaching. And we have a, we have a great coach that is a, is a counselor and a life coach. And so he meets with them once a month and uh, that really, that really tunes everybody up and, and uh, I think helps takes care of the anxieties of life a little bit. I know you mentioned some stuff didn't resonate. Um, this stuff sounds like it has, was that you explicitly asking them or just trying to pay careful attention to the stressors that they were going through in life? Like how did some of those arise and for business owners who are maybe trying to look more creatively, like, was it as simple as just asking them or was it, you know, observing for you? How did that kind of happen? So the way the chiropractic came about is because whenever anybody was hurt at work, I would send them straight over to, again, my friend, the chiropractor and have him evaluate them. He, he is an athlete as well and, and has a sports science background along with the, the chiropractic, the DC, Dr. Chiropractics. So he was helping me um, keep my X mod with my workers comp big time already. And, and I, and it was being done in a, um, in a reflexive or reactive fashion. So I just decided, you know, what better thing to keep, to keep people honest to, I'll get to that, than to have this kind of care with a, with a person who is, is um, completely familiar with their physical situation. And what I mean is is by keeping people honest is number one he has a baseline and he knows so I, so I have a doctor who has a, a running baseline on your condition and so if you have a bad knee when you come to work here I already know it if you have a bad back when you get here I already know it right so I have that um, and and I have an ongoing um, conduit for how that back and that knee are doing um, number two is, especially in an environment like this, or, I mean, it's, it's everybody mountain bikes, you don't have to be in Truckee, but you know, there's, there's nothing worse than somebody coming in on Monday morning and faking an injury at work because they're, they're so afraid of what it's going to cost them to take care of it. They just want it taken care of on workers comp. And I've, I'm, I'm fortunate to never have that, but I know it happens. And so on Monday morning, when somebody comes in and goes, oh man, I 
taking the garbage out this morning and, you know, straining my back. And well, have you, have you texted the doctor? No. Well, text him and tell him it's an emergency. You know, he'll see you right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and it's not even a question, you know, and then, yeah. and, and it's better than workers comp because then you have to go into that conversation about, you know, the comp company is going to fight you. <laughs> you say you did that. You hurt, you hurt yourself last Wednesday. You didn't tell me about it, you know, and now it's Monday or whatever it is. And uh, it's going to be a bad situation. Why don't you just go see the chiropractor and see if you can get this taken care of. So that's where, that's where the chiropractic end of things was, was really born. Um, the massage was, uh, was probably a, just an adjunct to that. Um, when I saw, and have seen people that don't um, maybe use the chiropractic, um, but I wanted to still have some health-related uh, thing for them. I, I I gave them the the massage benefit. Um, the 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 I'm going to call it mental health care. The life coach, the counselor. That's something that I that I definitely just offered as a as a an idea after identifying some, some self-destructive um, uh, tendencies that we all have, right? Be it anything from negative self-talk and, and, um, and anger to um, anxiety to um, too much partying on the weekends, you know, what whatever it is, whether it's setting boundaries for yourself or having boundaries for those around you that you keep or, or, um, or your own just mental health. Those were things that I just thought were important for people for that are going to take over the business for me. You know, the people that as I phase out, which I am very phased out, I'm in a building completely separate from the shops over there about 60 yards away. Um, they need to be at the top of their game. For sure. Well, Bill, I already took more time than I said I would. So I really appreciate all your thoughtful responses and, and everything. Uh, again, if people want to check out what quality automotive services is doing, uh, go to the magazine, um, got a nice little feature of them in there, along with the rest of our best workplaces. And hopefully you can take a few things and bring them to your shop and hope help the entire industry. Cause that's obviously what we're hoping to do here is give, give people ideas and highlight um, some good stuff that's happening in the industry to hopefully raise everyone up. So Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Well, thank you. Um, if I could make one parting comment, I would just say that, you know, my, my purpose and, and my vision is, is identifying what makes me successful. And, and that is when everyone around me is successful and, and succeeding in every part of their life, professional, personal, et cetera. Well, thank you so much, Bill. We'll talk to you again next week, everyone.